This episode, we've got Ben Addinger, a.k.a. G-String, a.k.a. Beach Ball. He is in the house, literally, in the Nan Cave to record live because he's a member of our packs here at Susquehanna Valley. We think he's a high-impact man. He's our current first FQ in the region. He briefly served as expansion queue. He also is the guy who puts out our uh, Bible studies online every uh, week or, you know, as, as often as they come up. And he's an English teacher. He and his wife have adopted two boys. He's a basketball coach. And he's taught out in Alaska. He's going to tell an incredible story about that stuff. And uh, he's also our grammar Nazi here uh, on the High Impact Man podcast and in our backblast. So sit back and listen to Beach Ball. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High Impact Men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. Now, what you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Welcome to another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. We're coming to you live from the Nan Cave here in Danville, Pennsylvania. My name is Nevin Gorky. I'm the host. I'm known as D-Fib in the gloom to my F3 brothers. I'm joined, as always, by Troy Klinger, otherwise known as Dial-Up in the gloom. Dial-Up, we are, so people kind of get an understanding of when we're recording this, because this will air in about two and a half weeks. Uh, The women's national soccer team just played their second game of the World Cup. One and a half weeks. One and a half weeks. By the time that's this exactly airs. what I meant. Yeah, I know. The Cowboys will be Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Favorites. Right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So what? The women's national team played their second game last night. We're losing one nothing. Came back and tied it. Did you watch it? Battled to a draw. I started watching about twenty minutes in. I was. Uh, what did we do? We went for a family trail run, and uh, we're dealing with my daughter's car being attempted to someone tried to break into it. Anyway, then I dawned on, it dawned on me, like, oh, that's right, the women's national team are playing. And, uh, yeah, so they were losing, and then they uh, kind of ramped things up and uh, played much better in the second half. And so what they've got, did they play yet? Uh, yeah, one more game in the bracket. I forget who it Argentina? is. Argentina? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know either. But anyway. Basically a draw they're in, I think. That's how it works out. Yeah. Based on how the nice game go. But, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. It's kind of weird. I haven't been following the team as much, you know, with my daughter now, you know, not watching it as much and, and having moved on to college. And so there's a lot of new new faces. On yeah, the, not to uh, get controversial, but I lost interest after some of the shenanigans. Yeah. Pulled. It kind of turned me off as well. Just uh, like, you know, not, not don't want to sound like some you know male jerk just saying shut up and play soccer. But, you know, I think there's some amount of respect when you're playing for a national team that you you to play you stay out of politics you don't go one side or another and you can stand up for what's what's right you know in, in other ways but uh yeah some of them on the team got a little too political and quite honestly i think it's you know as an outsider looking in what do i know right it, yeah it, i think it's caused some maybe there's, I, I, it's hard to imagine that it probably hasn't caused some turmoil from within the team as well and a little bit of division with within the team because there's got to be different views uh, yeah, I think so. Within the team as well, you would certainly hope so. You need you need a diverse population on your team uh, of, of of views on different uh, cultural topics and such. So I don't know. 
All right, we'll see what happens with them. That's probably more than you were asking for. Right? That's okay, man. Yeah. I'm I'm not. Uh, I'm I, can not t- I can tell you they need to play better than yeah. they have if they're going to win the. I was just going to say I'm not impressed with the, the way they've played so far. They look kind of sloppy to me. Yeah. All right, enough about that. We're going to bring on our guest. We got a special guest here for you today. He's live in the studio. His name is Ben Addinger, and he is a member of our packs here in F3. For those who don't know, F3 stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith. It is a workout movement for men. We have to do it outside. That's one of the principles, and it's open to all men. And uh, we even let Ben in. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, it's uh, it's something we do to develop leadership skills. And yeah. and uh, through uh, working out hard together outside, uh, down in the dirt, and getting crazy and muddy and cold and wet and all that stuff, uh, we develop closer, tighter bonds. Right. That's right. And uh, and he's one of our PAX members, so he's one of our brothers, and uh, we're going to hear his story today because we think it's got, he's got a good story to tell. Uh, we bring guys, men on to tell their story, to encourage and motivate and inspire other men to be more virtuous leaders, and we hope that we're all growing in that because uh, we're always either going forward or backward, right? Ain't That's no right. status quo. That's right. So all working on accelerating that. Uh, his F3 name is Beach Ball, but that was not his original F3 no. name. Should we allow him to tell the story? I think we should. All right, welcome to the podcast, Beach Ball. All right, so I am telling the original name. <laughs> well, first, I guess, well, who, who, who E-H-U, who E-H-U, E-H-U and then once you came, okay. tell us the story right, about yeah, the name. The yeah. typical question. Okay. Yeah, right. So who E-H me? Um, Porky's, which is Bill DeRemer. He is the gym teacher at our school, or the teacher of gyms. The teacher of gyms. Teacher Physical gym. education, and we, I guess, is the real word. We tell him that all which the time. Which is how he got his name, Porky's. That's right. If you can make the connection. Yeah. He had to explain to me the connection. I'm too young. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so it's from a movie from like 1920. Well, when I was there when he got his name. Yeah. It's easy there. I was there when he got his name in 1927 and, uh, uh, it was going to be Mrs. Ballbreaker. We said, well, we can't name him that. Who was the gym teacher on, in the movie Porky's. So there you go. So yeah, he, he had asked me to come. I mean, I had lost like 40 pounds at that point. So, and he knew that I was in sports. Yeah. I was. You were fat? Yeah. I was. I can picture a fat beach ball. 211 pounds is what I was. I lost 40 pounds and shortly after that he had invited me and because we were talking about like fitness and stuff because we ate lunch together and he said oh yeah Saturday it was a Friday like tomorrow you should come out and I was like well yeah my sister's gonna be in town so uh, I don't know maybe I'll be there mm-hmm. and then I got back to my class and I thought there's no way my sister's gonna be in town at 6 30 in the morning <laughs> so I won't have that excuse when he asks on Monday so uh-huh. like I'll just go and I went and loved it until the end when I got put into the circle and he's like, so we're going to give you a name. And I gave my story and was talking about places that I've lived and stuff. And you actually wanted to name me um, Olaf. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of like, a, I, yeah. could, I could do Olaf. Right, because you were in Alaska. Yeah. I forgot that. That was a great idea. It was pre-Dancing Queen days. It was, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I didn't have that name to give out. So Olaf. So, and, and, you know, like, there is a guy named Olaf, pretty famous guy in F3 Nation yeah, named yeah, Olaf. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that actually when I was yeah. on F3 Nation Slack. And I, I didn't like, know well, that Maybe one. it's good I didn't oh, get that wow. name. But I was actually thinking like I was named, and then like a couple other guys were like, yeah, I like Olaf. And then right at the end, when it was time to name me, uh, Dial Up and Porky's clearly, I mean, Porky's, his- <laughs> may, may or may not have it planned. His <laughs> acting is awful. Yeah. Like yeah. I could just tell like, right. dude, you are, you would never do the drama club because uh, it was awful. And he was like, hold on. You never told me about how you play guitar. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I haven't been in a band in a couple years because I kind of like got away from that scene other than playing in our, you know, church band. And- He's like, oh, what's that one string in the guitar? And they immediately, I'm like, I know where they're going with this. <laughs> and G-string. Yeah. So they named me G-string. G-string. <laughs> and afterward, you're like, oh, we go to breakfast at Perkins. So I go to breakfast at Perkins. And 
I was kind of like uncomfortable because Porky's sat in the corner and then I was getting there like after everybody and like everybody kind of filled around Porky's. I'm like, I don't know any of these guys and now I'm sitting at the other yeah, end. Right. And I actually remember both of you uh-huh. were like, you gave me a magazine that your dad was in for hiking the Appalachian Trail. Well, my dad was there that day, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I did the Appalachian Trail beat Yeah, down. he was like signing autographs. Same thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. dad came down And I was thinking, like, is this guy wanted, really yeah. famous? Like, That's right. Do I not know this guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot that was the same day. And then uh, DFib was like talking to me the whole time. I'm like, wow, I actually like didn't know these guys and I was comfortable and felt welcome. I'm like, I want to come back but I don't want to have to keep saying that name in social media as a teacher <laughs> and telling people in church, hey, come join me. My name's G-String. Like, yeah. figured that wouldn't, that wouldn't go over well. There's going to be, so, name, there's gonna be, so when you always post this out on, on the national Slack channel, you know there's guys, guys are going to be replying like, G-String needs to suck it up. Oh, yeah. I'm going right? to get lit <laughs> up. Wuss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you big baby. Yeah, so I, I texted Porky's. I'm like, that was awesome. But I know you made up that name before I came. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to come <laughs> yeah. back. And then he's like, Oh, I'll hold it on. Wasn't, it he's wasn't. like, You're right. That was kind of like you can't be saying that it, at church and on yeah, it, at, it wasn't, at school. So. It wasn't an organic naming for sure. It was a little pre planned, but I oh did, well. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, and I totally forgot that I yeah, came Porky's up with such a cool to me and he's like, dude, G strings are gonna be his name. I'm like, Okay, he could just play along. I'm like, All right, I got it. And yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I totally, totally forgot. Didn't I didn't know that? And I totally forgot that I came up with Olaf. That was a great idea. And since they worked, I, I rarely have good ideas for names. So, yeah, and we didn't even use it. So. And since they worked together in the middle school, like they, they can at least call each other by their F three names now at, at work. Yeah, right. So tell us, tell everybody why you ended up with beach ball. So then I get a text back from him. like it wasn't even in the circle. I just get a text back from him like, hey, the guys agreed. Like it was kind of like harsh. We will now name you beach ball, and immediately again i knew why he didn't even have to explain <laughs> it to me so i had him for gym class when i was in seventh grade that's he how moved, old porky's is yeah, yeah exactly he moved to our school district when i was in seventh grade i had him seventh and eighth grade gym class mm-hmm. and in our gym class um i think i put it on my bio i am overly competitive so i took gym class seriously that's the one i wanted straight a's in and uh we were playing volleyball and there was a student there who had, he needed an adaptation of a lighter ball. So we played with a, a beach ball. Mm-hmm. And I, seventh grade me, threw a fit. And I was not happy. Mm-hmm. And I was still spiking. I didn't care. I was spiking that beach ball. I was going all out. And he actually had to pull me aside and tell me like, hey, like, you got to understand, we're playing with the beach ball for a reason. Uh-huh. So Just a game fucker. That's, that's, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yes. That's because you spiked the beach ball off some handicapped kid's head. <laughs> In a wheelchair. I, I don't know if that actually happened. He says oh, it, it happened, did, but... Yeah. I mean, seventh grade me Giuseppe was his name. We know the kid's name. (laughs) He's a cool guy. Hey, he forgave me if I did it because I see him all the time. He waves, we talk. Yeah. Yeah, he just can't go to the beach anymore. He's (laughs) scared to death. His nose is a little more crooked, but (laughs) So yeah, that's how I got beach ball, which I was like, yeah, I can do that. Ball. And there he is, folks. G-string, a.k.a. beach ball. We still call him G-string. Yeah, yeah. I got in my phone. It's Frequently. Ben G string adding here, <laughs> especially when I, I screw things it. up. It's like it's, if I screw up as a cadre, G string, uh, G string, beachy, uh, bitch ball. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think we can say that, right? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's half Thor's name. Well, that's you. actually half Thor <laughs> called me something else, and I thought that's what he said. He's like, "Oh, I wish I said that," and that's what he's been calling me ever since. <laughs> Very cool. So, um, and when was that? That would have been September of two years ago. Yeah, two 21. years ago. Yep. Dial up, take over. I got to text my daughter real quick. Uh-oh. Did you find her dog? I don't know. That's what That's I got to find gonna ask. We, got a, we got a missing dog. And, and we could get a live update a week and a half late. <laughs> anyway. All right. Hey, well, we'll keep rolling while he's checking in on the situation with his daughter's dog that we actually talked about on the last episode. But, right. So, hey, so why don't you tell us about Little Ben growing up in uh, 
Sunbury, Pennsylvania, right? Or that neck of the woods, right? Yeah, yeah. I was outside of Sunbury, so I lived in the country. I was like a country boy. Um, so I have an older brother who's just 15 months older than me, which is why I'm probably so competitive because like we were so close in age. Had to keep up. And then my little sister, she's 27 months younger than me. Um, we weren't as competitive because we didn't really compete against each other. But my brother and I like competed in everything. Actually, so my dad died when I was three. We'll probably get into that in a little bit. But mm-hmm. one thing we even competed at was um, we didn't have much money. So my mom would make like ramen noodles in a big pot. Ramen or ramen noodles? Either or. Okay. You say second. ramen, I say ramen. Well, you're the English teacher. Which is it? <laughs> it's ramen noodles around my neck of the woods. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it was All the right. tasty noodles when I was a kid. Salty noodles. Yeah, we lived on them. So yeah, like she would make like three packets of it in like a... Uh, I think my... Oh. So anyway, she'd make three packets of this thing in like a big like pot. And we knew that if you ate fast enough, you could get seconds. Oh, yeah. So we'd even compete in that. Like the fastest one to eat would get the second. So, I mean, there was competition at the dinner table even. So, um, yeah, uh, grew up, like I said, when I was three years old, my dad and his uncle died um, in a car accident, opening day of fishing on April 18th, 92. It was the day before Easter. Um, My brother and I were actually with them right before it happened. They took us out that morning fishing. They dropped us off. We had an Easter egg hunt at our church. They dropped us off. My mom begged them not to go because the weather was so bad. They went back out, and while we were at the Easter egg hunt, they passed away. Wow. So, yeah, um, I grew up. Our family was very close. Obviously, after that, we got even closer. Um, so we were always at my Graham's house, which is well, actually at the time I lived at my Graham's house because my dad was a carpenter. So he was going to build her like a little house off the back of the house, like a little apartment. So that was his goal. And so when he died, obviously, that didn't happen. So we lived with my Graham for like two more years, I think, before my mom bought a house up the road. But we were always at her house. Um, Sunday lunches and dinners and everything. So like the whole family, my aunts and uncles, cousins, everybody come over for lunch on Sunday. We would do Sunday lunch. Then sometimes we'd stay so late that we'd eat dinner and then go to night church. Yeah. So um, I don't know what I'm doing wrong with this thing here. But um, so yeah, we like spent a lot of time with my extended families. Um, we would go to like the beaches together and everything. Um, my uncle was kind of like my father figure. So mm-hmm. he took over after my dad died. That would be my aunt's my dad's sister's husband um so yeah he he that kind of helped raise me um along with the rest of the family but he would take us to like the father-son banquets and everything and took me hunting that's where i got like my love for the outdoors was through him so he was very influential in my life yeah 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 that's uh it's tough when something like that happens but man you turned out okay yeah and i think that's like it like led me in a lot of directions in my life like to be a teacher yeah like to help kids like that's like my d2x is like to more really to help people who need help and can't help themselves which usually is children or the elderly and right. i yeah. focus more on children since that's my profession so i think that's why just because growing up in that situation there's you know some people make excuses oh that's why i'm like this and i get into trouble and i was like well yeah i'm not like that so i'm not gonna accept that excuse and i'm gonna try to help you change your life so yeah yeah so, so you were three years old yeah i was three my brother was four and my sister was one so like how, like how much just curious like, like how much do you remember so that's actually kind of funny dad? because when i was in college i had a um professor she was i think it's like psychology or something she was like oh you know after four years old your memory gets wiped clean and it starts over i'm like no it doesn't and yeah, she's no. like yeah that's so i went down after i'm like no i guarantee you I have memories of my dad. Yeah. And she's like, well, you probably have memories of what he told you. I'm like, well, no, because he died. And she's like, oh, well, that's different because that's like a dramatic event and that imprints in your brain. Yeah. 
So well, that might be true. Yeah. So like I yeah. challenged her on it and she kind of explained her way out of it. But yeah. and like maybe what she said was factual. But at the time I was sitting in class, I'm like, I'm not even listening because she's wrong. Yeah. So I have like, yeah, quite a few memories like going fishing with them. Now there are things where I wonder sometimes like, do I remember what my mom and my right. aunts and my I did it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like my memory is my memory based off of what other people have told me. But there are some things that like, it's like I mem- like it's my memory because nobody else could explain it to me. Right. Yeah. So yeah, th- there's quite a few things that like going like I remember going to like Maryland, and I told my brother this, and he's like, "Oh no!" I said like Delaware. He's like, "No, dude, it was Maryland." So I'm like, "Okay, well now I know it's my memory because I had the wrong state." And yeah. But I knew we were like in a basement of his friend, my dad's friend's house, and we went to a zoo. And mm-hmm. so yeah, like I I have like pretty vivid memories still. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. Why I wondered whether or not you truly had any memory so i'm yeah, glad, I, glad to hear that you do and like i feel bad for my sister because she was one so she has and there's yeah. like almost no way I, right. I never really asked her actually like do you really remember anything yeah i don't think a yeah. one-year-old yeah. kid yeah. yeah i don't think yeah. she'll really remember anything so i kind of like now i just got really sad for her now <laughs> realizing like, i never <laughs> asked her like, i used to think like she has no wow. memories well, my brother called, has the most what was that thing about caring for kids and <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> not my sister it's different <laughs> it's different than yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So when you you were growing up, you uh you, you played sports, right? Yes, yeah. So um, like real little, you know, I did the AYSO soccer and everything, and um, then once I was old enough to do tackle football, I started doing that. So in high school, I played football and basketball, and then ran track and field. And then my junior and senior year, I only played football because I thought I was going to be this like stud who had mm-hmm. to give up all. You know how those kids are like, oh, I'm giving up all these sports so I can live for football. Yeah. And looking back, I definitely like regret it. Not necessarily the track thing, because I would always have stress fractures going into basketball season or football season. Right. And so, like, I didn't miss that. But basketball, like, I definitely missed. I coached basketball later in life. So, like, I Yeah, we'll get to that. that. I'd like to yeah. talk about that. But um, uh, track, what, what events did you run in track? I ran the one mile and the two mile. I like how you said, what did yeah. you run in track? Because you know I'm not a thrower. <laughs> <laughs> he was not. my partner in one of our seesaws throwing frisbees, and we came in second. Yeah, and then Half Thor beat me on a challenge. I know, Ooh, I knew that's awesome. I, that was the worst because, yeah. like I said, I'm competitive and yeah. I just yeah. had to beat him. Speaking of competitive, last night we last time we had trivia night. Who? who won? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You lost. The old guys won. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Uh, so you're a disciple of the legendary Coach Bell. Yes, I am. Yeah. Any good coach? Any? I, I know that most of the F3 Nation has no idea who we're talking about, but Coach Bell is a a legend in the coaching uh, realm around uh, Central Pennsylvania for both track and field and cross country as well. So do, do you have any, uh, I think G Ray's talked about them. Peloton's talked about them. Do you have any, uh, classic coach bell stories that you could share? That, Actually. Uh, so I was just thinking of one. Cause we had like just a couple weeks ago, I was thinking like, Oh, there's a coach bell story that can like, I can remember. So we had that tornado that went through Lewisburg. Uh-huh. So we would go run like wind sprints. He would take us to like, because we had a cinder track, he would take us on Saturdays to like these like actual, like real tracks. Yeah. And we'd have to run like, you know, we'd have to run like 400 meters as fast as we could. We'd have to do it in like 50 seconds. And if we didn't do it, we'd have to do it again. And you, we'd have guys thrown up and everything. But one time, I remember, well, multiple times, we would go to Bucknell. And every single time we would come back from Bucknell, right where the new bridge is and everything. So uh-huh. like that hill there where they're doing all that construction, we'd be coming up that hill, heading back towards Sunbury from Lewisburg. And he'd say every single time, up on that hill over there, I was driving one time and saw a tornado come up over that hill. And it was like, dude, you said that to us like the last five <laughs> yeah. weekends. Like he would tell us the same story every time. He actually would tell us the story of Jesse Owens, how he met Jesse Owens. And he would be like, did I ever tell you about the time I met Jesse Owens? Like, yes, coach, you did. He's like, well, I was in an elevator and he walked into the elevator and I said, hey, 
you're Jesse Owens. <laughs> and then he bought me waffles. So, <laughs> so that was, yeah, those are the nice. two stories. Yeah. yeah. He would always tell that story. So I'm sure G Ray probably heard that story. The voice, the voice, uh, isn't bad for, for, uh, yeah, I can't do it. It's usually yeah, louder. A little, I, little I don't louder. Blow your ears definitely out. a little raspier. Yeah. 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 Coach breathe, breathe, adding her. Distance geeks. Yeah. He's a good dude. Good dude. Yeah. All yeah, right. actually, I got I got in trouble one time in school. I got it's actually kind of funny. So it's my wife's grandfather. Before I even knew my wife, uh, he was my math teacher, and I got caught cheating in his class, and you know got detention for it. Well, because I had detention, I then missed track, and uh, Coach Bell came to me. He's like, "Hey, you know, every other coach makes you run." Something like, "Oh, great! Like, I just got to yeah. go run a mile." Right. He's like, "We do push-ups." <laughs> Which like I was okay with. Yeah. It was like fifty yeah. push ups. I'm like, okay, I could do fifty push ups. So that was my punishment. If you're an if you're an Instagram guy, you need to go out. There's a disciples of Bell account. Oh has, really? Yeah, that has some decent content. Yeah, I don't have the, any I got rid of all guys, social media. That the, all the guys keep going, so it's it's pretty good. It's a good follow. And I don't miss it. I got rid of all social media. I don't miss any of it. Yeah. Other yeah. than like some things like that. But Yeah, it's a tool and it's uh it but unfortunately it's 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 insidious, right? I mean people can use it to uh, people are trying to use it to ma- manipulate us all the time. Yeah. Stuff like that. But um, yeah, I get it, man. I went off all social media um, right during the last presidential election. And I told the story before, but I'm back on because you guys said I got to get back on Facebook to promote uh, F3 in our region. And so. you're killing it. <clears throat> I'm killing it. And yeah, that's, that's where it's like beneficial. It right. You yeah. don't know Beach Ball because you're not on it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And like people will send me like, hey, watch this video. And I'm like, you have to log in. I'm like, oh, I'm not You should part see of the, the stuff we're saying about you on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife will tell me. <laughs> All right, so uh, college, Bloomsburg University, yep. teacher's uh, deg- a degree in uh, education, and English? No, so actually just K to six, so okay. um, I just, because I taught English, in, well, I, I did my student teaching in a sixth grade English setting, and then when I uh, taught in Alaska, they're like, oh, you did student teaching English, we'll have you be the English teacher here, and then when I moved back home to Shikalemi, um, which is our local school district in Sembury, they're like, oh, so you were an English teacher in Alaska, so you'll be an English teacher here. And then, you know, doing it for 11 years now, it's like I might as well have an English degree because it's all yeah. I've done. Yeah, and it's uh, so you, you teach sixth grade or do you teach seventh and eighth as well? So when I was in Alaska, I taught fifth, sixth, and seventh mm-hmm. in English. And then halfway through the year, they kind of switched things up, and I taught just seventh grade everything. And then so since coming to Back to Pennsylvania, it's sixth grade English the whole way through for the yeah. last, I guess, 10 years now. Yeah. Cool. So tell us about your time in Alaska. Yeah. How'd you get there? Well, I'm doing it again. I got to hold this still. Um, so in Alaska, so at Bloom, I was, um, I'm, like, I don't even remember the conversation, but I had a friend one day come over like, hey, remember that time we were in the commons and you said if you could live anywhere, it would be Alaska? I'm like, well, no, I don't remember that, but that's accurate. So I must have told you. He's like, well, there's some dude next door giving a presentation on how they need teachers in Alaska. And my class was about to start and it was kind of like a smaller class and the teacher knew me. So I don't like professor knew me. I don't know why I did this, but like, hey, sit here, put your hood up and don't look her in the eye. Take notes for me. And I walked out of the class and walked into the next class and it was the dean of like the education department. It was his class. I'm like, hey, listen, like I know I'm not in your next class, but I really want to hear what this guy has to say. Can I sit? He's like, oh yeah, sure. You know, it's for your job. Go ahead, sit down. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and this guy, if he's out there somewhere, Ty Mace was his name. I don't know how I remember it, but that was his name. He was the superintendent at King Salmon, Alaska, which is like down at the southern tip of Alaska. And he's given this whole speech on how they need teachers. He's showing all these like pictures on a slideshow. And 
at the very end, you know, he's talking about, you know, what your way of life is. He's like, oh, and there's these things called honey buckets. And these honey buckets, like, the young male teachers are going to have to carry these. This is where people go to the bathroom. And the young male teachers carry them and, you know, put them in the spot where they dispose them. Mm-hmm. And that is most likely going to be one of your duties as a male teacher. So, hey, anybody want to do this? And <laughs> Stick around after and talk to me. And I stood up, walked right to him, and everybody else went out the door. Uh-huh. And he gave me his card. And he's like, yeah, send me an email, and I'll, I'll get your information. So I walked right back to my dorm room, sent him an email, <laughs> said, hey, I'm the guy you just talked to. Do you have any positions? And he emailed me back, and he's like, oh, yeah, I meant, like, in a couple months, I'll know if I've... Because this is, like, maybe January. Mm-hmm. He's like, in a couple months, I'll know if we have any openings. So I was like, okay. So then February rolled around. I emailed him, hey, do you have any openings? There's that many people that want to carry honey <laughs> right, buckets. Right, yeah. <laughs> that he didn't know what the competition was going to be like. Everybody wants to go to Alaska and be a teacher. <laughs> carry so, honey buckets. So his response is, well, I still don't know. Email me back in like April or May. He's like, that's when I'll probably know whether or not we have teachers. So in March, I emailed him again. <laughs> said, hey, I know you said April, May, but just in case anybody kind of was talking uh-huh. about leaving. And he's like, are you cool if I just like send your email to all the other you know superintendents? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So he did that. And so I kept in contact with him. And then there's like four or five other superintendents reached out to me like, hey, we heard you want to come to Alaska. So I was like, yeah. Well, the one was like, oh, we're going to be down in Bloomsburg actually doing like a job fair. So there was like uh, two Alaskan school districts giving. So hold on a second. High schools and school districts in Alaska are coming to Bloomsburg University to recruit students. I mean, like Bloomsburg is like my, so my superintendent at my high school when my mom was a superintendent secretary. So he came to my graduation party and he's like, so I heard you're going to Bloomsburg. And I'm thinking like, this guy's like a big deal. I'm like, yeah. Like, I think he's going to like, tell me why I'm wrong. He's like, that's like an Ivy league of teachers. Yeah. He's wow. like, you can get jobs anywhere. Good choice. Which our, I mean, state, our state schools are known for their teaching degrees. Well, they used to be teaching schools. Right. That's what teaching colleges that's, is what they used to their origins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. But there's more than one. one. I mean, there's lots of them yeah. all over. So yeah. But it's, I mean, going backwards in the timeline when I was in high school, like I said, how I quit all those other sports to yeah. play football. And I was talking to f- local football coaches at colleges and King's College where Major played. And somebody, one of our other packs just said how they played football there. Uh, the, 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 yeah. Uh, Gabe. Gabe. <laughs> yeah, that's just game. Oh, yeah. Game? Yes, yes. Inferno. Inferno. Yes, Inferno. Inferno. Yeah. yeah. He's there now. I graduated from King's, but when I went there, they well, didn't he, have. No, he transferred to Bloom now. Yeah. He they didn't have a, a football program when I was there. Yeah. So there was like a yeah. teacher. At Shikalemi, that my stepdad knew, he you know he played one of their first teams. It might have been their first team in the nineties. He mm-hmm. played on it, so like he was giving me information. Like here's what I benched. Here was my forty time. So I was just like kind of like trying to hit his goals. You know, hey, he made the team. So I'm I'm gonna hit these goals so I can make the team. Mm-hmm. So I'm you know meeting with all these you know Susquehanna Kings uh, Wilkes College, mm-hmm. and my stepdad pulls me aside and says, Hey, you think you're gonna make it to the NFL? And I was like, No. He's like, Well, then let's focus on your career. <laughs> so he talked me into Bloomsburg. So. Yeah. So anyway, I went to Bloom, and then uh, so they they came down to recruit you to Alaska. Yep. Yes. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. Yeah. No. So yeah, there, I mean, there was like North Carolina schools there, like all all different states showing up to this. It's a, it's a huge job fair. It's like mm-hmm. massive. Like you couldn't meet everybody there. You had to kind of like they gave you a paper. You had to circle the ones you wanted. So I went to two schools. I went to the one Alaska school and the other Alaska school, and then I was like, I'm out. So you were, anyway, all, you were all in, man, for yeah. Alaska. Yeah. So the one had told me, oh, we're going to be there. So like I went and I talked to this guy. His name was Ted. He was the HR guy. And uh, 
so we're going through this like it's kind of like an interview i sat down he starts asking me all these questions and he's like oh and like would you you know be willing to do any extracurriculars i'm like yeah like i'll coach any sport i was like i guess you probably don't have football there though do you and he's like no but we have basketball do you like basketball i was like yeah i was like my stepdad's a basketball coach he's like oh you should have told me that he's like you know, do you have any teachers in the family? Like, well, yeah, my stepdad's a teacher. He's like, why didn't you start off with that? <laughs> so, well, this is an interview for me. Like, right, yeah. I, I don't want to do name drop things. Like, right, yeah. yeah, so anyway, he's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's really important. So we know that you have like education in your background. So then I go to the next is the Lower Kuskokwim School District. And they're like, yeah, we've been waiting for you. I was like, oh, like I had no contact with them. So this Thai Mace guy must have sent, right. you know, my name and they just never reached out to me. So I got an interview with them and both of them, called and offered me a job one of them said like oh we want a second interview with you can you fly to seattle i'm like no i'm a poor college kid from pennsylvania right, like, yeah, I, yeah. no i can't fly to seattle if i don't get the job yeah so they're like oh well then can you do like you know a, a facetime i was like yeah and that was like back before zoom was anything or right. i forget exactly how we did it but i ended up like my thing like my phone wouldn't work i decided to put it basically i was on speakerphone and it was like just a few like questions i think they kind of realized like okay this is failing miserably right. and they just cut it short and then I got a call. I was actually getting ready to play a gig with, you know, the going back to G string being a guitarist. Yeah. I was walking into a bar to play a gig and I get a phone call and they're like, Hey, we want to offer you a job. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm all about that. So then, you know, I, I accepted the job. They sent me like the contract and everything. And like when I saw the numbers and the contract, you know, as a poor college kid, I said, Whoa, yes, I'm signing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I took it home and showed my parents. But then the next day, the other school district calls me. I was like, hey, we want to do a second interview. And I was like, well, you guys are one of the honey bucket guys. <laughs> this other school district, the teachers don't have honey buckets. The village does, but the uh-huh. teachers, like, we had running water because we were like, we were that close to the school. We just went off the school's water. Yeah. So yeah, I went with my original choice and ended up in Alaska. Yeah. Huh. So what was it like up there? Cold. Um, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, but... <laughs> And I mean, like, that's a joke. You know, well, I mean, not a joke. It is cold. But people would always be like, oh, how did you do it? It was so cold. Like, well, I just didn't go outside very long. Like, just like you don't do when it's really cold here. Cold and dark. But, um, yeah, it was was neat. The darkness didn't really bother me. It was the light. Like, when I first moved up there in um, the end of July, I think it was the last week of July, I moved up. They had this thing called the Welcome Wagon. And it was like, I worked for the Bering Strait School District. So we flew into Anchorage after like five other flights to get there. So we fly into Anchorage and their job as the welcome wagon is to like, hey, you're about to go live in the village where like for six months, you will not leave that village. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of get you ready and prepare for that. So they took us like, um, it's not Sam's Club, but it's, I forget what else it's called. It's another Sam's Club type deal up in Anchorage. And they took us there and then, you know, like, oh, you're going to want to get all this food and all this food and ship your clothes up. So I like... When I moved from Pennsylvania up to Anchorage, I put all of my clothes in like a um, like a rolling uh, cooler, and then from there, I put my clothes in a box and shipped them the rest of the way because like the shipping would be cheaper. I forget the welcome wagon told me to do it, so that's why I did it. Yeah. So then we like loaded up with like a cooler, and then that was my luggage to get on the bush plane, and then to get to where I was. And like, you know, they taught like, oh, you're going to need a bread maker, which I used like twice when I saw how much uh-huh. work that was. I'm like, yeah, I just won't do bread. Uh-huh. Um, so like, I mean, they would tell us this type of clothing you're going to need. You're going to need overalls. And I already had overalls from hunting season. So I just took that with me. But the law, well, not the law, the school rule was you could not fly without overalls because years earlier, a different school district had a plane go down 
and the people weren't dressed properly and that's why they didn't survive because like you know the help came and it was too late they had already died yeah. wow makes sense yeah so cool. yeah sounds great so far yeah it was a lot of fun and so oh yeah i was saying like you know getting up there i was in it was in the, the summer so it was light out like by the time I got to my village, I was just below Nome. So I was like Northwest Alaska, right on the coast, right in the Bering Sea, right where the Bering Strait is. Yeah. Um, so it is like light until like three in the morning. Yeah. So like that was weird trying to fall asleep. And it's like, you look outside, like you would now at like noon. And it's like, a, don't you have like really blackout shades and that kind of stuff? Well, so like in the village, they really don't have like high tech things. So like, so <laughs> So when we pull up, like, you know, I land on a dirt path on the plane and like there's a truck there waiting for me and it's my principal and assistant principal. I was the first teacher to show up. So the principal and the assistant principal picked me up in the truck and he's like driving around, like getting us back because we had to land in a different village because the size of the plane wouldn't fit in our village. So we had like a 45 minute like trail ride and I was saying like, this is awesome. Like, you know, like <laughs> it was like a, what we call a four wheeler trail. That was the road. Mm-hmm, so like yeah. we're going like over things through water and everything. So we get to where we're supposed to be and he pulls up next to the school and he points to this like wooden rackety shack. And he's like, so that's where you're going to live. And I started laughing. I'm like, yeah, for real, where am I living? And he's like, no, that is your apartment. Something like this got boarded up windows. It's like uh-huh. the doors boarded up and he like pulls out a screwdriver and, and like opens up the windows for me because when the teachers don't live there all year round, they go home over the summer and the villagers would smash the windows and try to get into this because it's nicer than their houses. So they try to get in to see what furniture they could take and everything. So I was like, oh, that is actually where I live. So yeah, we had like broken like shades. Like it was like real rackety. So I actually took one of the lids of my, you know, that I shipped up and used that as like a blackout window. Yeah. Wow. So uh, what kind of students are there? Are they, are they mostly native Alaskans? What do they call them? Yeah. So um, Yupik, Eskimos? Yupik Eskimos. Yupik. Yeah. Okay. Y-U-P-I-K for anybody who wants to look that up. So mm-hmm. Yupik Eskimos is where I was uh, like living. They were 100% Yupik where I was at. So you're coaching basketball. What was the tallest kid? Uh, well, yeah, we had guys <laughs> taller than me. Like, there was, <laughs> really? um, yeah. So I mean, uh, like the majority of them. Uh, well, sure. look, they look. Yeah, sure. I, I, I know. I just, <laughs> I just went and went there. <laughs> so we had like my tallest guy. I mean, we were a small school because like there's like seven kids in a graduating class. Mm-hmm. So my tallest guy was like six three, six two. Oh Wait, wow, seven yeah. kids in a graduating class. Yeah, yeah. There was like you know the highest class is eleven kids. Wow. Like, yeah. Barely a basketball team. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like we had freshmen on the team. But like, and one of them started for me by the end of the year. No other winter sports. No. So actually, yeah, they do cross country actually like in September. Okay. And like by the time cross country is finishing, like ice is starting to lay down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they asked me if I wanted to do that. Like, oh, you want to, you know, do cross country? Well, and at that point I had been out of track for a couple of years now. Cause like, I stopped my sophomore year and now, you know, that's two years. I'd f- I went to school five years. So I had five more. So seven years ago right. was the last time I really ran I would run in college, but not like, you know, competitively. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm good on that one. Like, so, so just basketball, no wrestling. Well, they do have wrestling. They so do. they go, okay. they go cross country and then they go wrestling season and then they go basketball season. Oh, wow. So like I would be holding open gyms. We would put like the half, you know, curtain down. Yep. So I had half the court and then the wrestlers had the other half of the court. Mm-hmm. So like I would have like four or five guys that were like, I would let the seventh graders, eighth graders, ninth graders, all the way up through come to open gyms just so we would have enough to pl- like play. We'd play like three on three is all you could get because the rest were wrestling. So afterward, I'd walk over. This is a cool story. I walked over to a wrestling match or wrestling practice. 
and the one, oh, coach, you know, I could take you down because like, he would come to some of the basketball stuff when there wasn't wrestling. I'm like, no, there's no way. Like, so I take him and I put him down, pin him in a couple seconds. And as I'm pinning him, I'm like, hey, that's my hometown, Res Light. You know, Sunbury, Pennsylvania, they make the mats. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the mats were, so I was all pumped. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. This was made yeah. in my hometown. Yeah, good thing I pinned mats. you and you didn't pin me because I would have been looking at the lights, but <laughs> instead I was looking at the name on the mat. Yeah. So yeah, that was like kind of like cool. I'm like, dude, this is where I'm from. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah little, known, little known fact for F3 Nation is that yeah. Res Light wrestling mats, which are <sighs> probably make up 90% or plus oh, of yeah, the yeah. market, I would think, if not yeah. higher, uh, is... Located just down the road from just us. Just down the road yep. from us. Yeah, yep. my, my father-in-law was a national wrestler, national champion wrestler from Wisconsin. So, like, I was like, oh, I'll impress him. I'll tell him this story, how I was, you know, up in Alaska. And he's like, oh, yeah, when I wrestled in Greece, it was wrestling. When, you know, they use it for the Olympics, it's wrestling. Like, it's oh. everywhere. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, the Oli- I don't know if they do anymore, but back in the day, like, the Olympics actually would use yeah. wrestling. Yep. Yeah. That's cool, man. So, you told me before that when you were coaching, like, basketball, you when you go to a away game, did you ever get on a plane? That was, that was every away game but one. Yeah. So like that that village I told you we flew into and like we had to take that like four wheeler road. Yeah. yeah so that it was, was a four, the, it was a forty five minute drive then the airplane ride. Well, yeah. Well, no. So the forty five minute drive was just to the other school that we play. Oh, okay. So we had a plane that could take I could I could take uh, what was it seven players with me, and then plus me. <laughs> so like it was me and seven players or no it was eight players because it was a temp hazard you know the pilot. I sat co-pilot and then I had eight kids in the back, which was the majority of my team. Like I think I had 10 or 11 so I could go five and five. And so like I had like the JV squad that like, sorry, you can't go to the away games because yeah. we don't have a plane seat for you. <laughs> they won't let me fly two planes out. Sorry. Do you ever have foul trouble? You lose three guys and you're yeah, no, no one left, right? I mean, looking back, I don't really remember any particular situation where it became an issue. It would be I, rare to foul three people yeah. out. Yeah, I just I just had to manage it, I guess. Yeah. It is Alaskan basketball. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like you do when you coach any other like basketball team that you have that one player that's always in foul trouble. Oh, and you're like, oh like I always gotta figure out like two okay. minutes in. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I had a rule and like my you know, I said my stepdad was a coach, so I texted him you know, about foul trouble things. Cause like there was one player who every time like foul, foul, foul. So he said you want to have less fouls than the quarter you're in. So if you're in the second quarter, you want one foul. Mm-hmm. When you get two fouls, you said, that's when you start to watch. If it's towards the end of the second quarter, you can let it go. But if it's the beginning, you say, go pull them out. Yep. So you don't want to have more fouls than you do quarters. Yep. So that was like the rule of thumb that I used. Nice. Yeah. How was your record? Um, well, my star center, the one that I said was 6'3", he started off the season with a broken wrist. So Here come the excuses. Come yeah, on, coach. Yeah. We, we were probably... Man, I actually have. I made a video. He just lost the tallest kid in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't actually. He wasn't even the tallest kid in the district. Because like the district is the Bering Strait School District. They have seventeen schools. Okay, so that's who you play. They're yeah. flying in Russians. You play your own district. <laughs> so yeah, he he uh, Cody Murphy. If you're out there listening, I'll have to try to. Actually, I don't know social media. I can't get a hold of these kids anymore. But he, Cody Murphy was my uh, tallest player. My probably he's definitely my best big man. So he had a broken wrist. So my best player was probably like six one. He was a guard, but like that athletic that I could, Hey, you're just, you know, you're going to play down low and just win. Mm-hmm. But, um, we, uh, probably started off less than 500. And then at one point <clears throat> we, there was like a, a must win game. It was in white mountain, Alaska. And my second best player was one with a kind of like an attitude issue. Like, you know, he would talk back or he would, uh, you know, spout off anger at his teammates or the coaches mm-hmm. or whatever. And there was one day we were having a tough practice and like, all right, everybody on the line because they weren't doing something right. Everybody on the line, we're going to run sprints. 
So, you know, down and back. And, you know, I'm blowing the whistle down and back, down and back. And <laughs> you sent him pictures of me. On Beach ball. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Spielberg asked how things were going. So I, I sent him a picture. No, I just sent him a picture as you're talking. The no, pink I, headphones is I, what it I is. I just told him, I said, we're doing beachy now. So <laughs> yeah. send him a picture. So uh, we're, we're doing sprints. And all of a sudden, he just sits down and takes his shoes off. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm done. I was like, no, you're not. I didn't say we were done. Like, get back on the line. And, uh, and, and like, in my head, we had, like, two sprints left. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm done. I'm like, no, you're not. Put your shoes back on. We're now going again. Five. So he's like, no, I'm not putting my shoes back on. I'm going to shower. And, like, the biggest thing on that team is showering because they didn't have running water. Right. So they would have to go sit in a sauna and they'd bathe in a sauna. So I was like, dude, if you walk off this court, you're not going to the game where you'll be able to shower tomorrow. <laughs> so, like, he didn't like that. So... Because he was the second best player, I think he tried to call my bluff. Yeah. So the rest of the team was like, well, hey, now that he's off, we got 10 more. So we kept sprinting. So they're mad at him now. So what we would do is you would fly out on a Friday morning. So you would go to like the first two hours of school and then you'd fly out Friday morning. You'd play. You'd sleep over in the other team's classrooms. And then you would wake up Saturday morning, play a Saturday morning game, and then fly home Saturday night. So Friday, you know, the kids are, you know, at school. And I, you know, leave my classroom. The substitute teacher comes in, which, by the way, the substitute was the maintenance guy. Yeah, sure, of course. Because, you know, you don't have substitutes (laughs) in the village. So the substitute's maintenance guy. He comes in, you know, takes over my class. And uh, I head with my, you know, luggage. I get my mandatory uh, gear, cold gear on. And all of a sudden, there's Silas, my player that took his shoes off the night before. I'm like, dude, what are you Mm -hmm. doing? He's like, well, our plane leaves. like, yeah, our plane leaves. (laughs) You're going back to class. And, you know, he threw a fit and the principal comes out to see what's going on. I'm like, well, you know, yesterday he just walked out of practice and right. I told him don't show up to the flight. And I was thinking like, oh man, the principal's going to make me take this kid. And he backed me up and said, nope, he's not going. We should have smoked that team. We won Friday night, lost Saturday morning. And so that kind of like really screwed us up in playoffs. We were like seated six out of like 17 in playoffs and took second. So, but that was because we got Cody back. And then we had Silas. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. So yeah, what, what got a short you, story long. What got you out of Alaska? Um, well, wait, so. Wait, wait, wait. We wait, didn't, wait, what, what, what? We're not going to continue like where you ultimately made it to? Oh, yeah. State playoffs. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, we were, you know, six seed and the top two made it to states. We got into, so we had like the, the Chris Weber situation. You know, the Michigan Chris Weber. So we called timeout. We yeah. didn't have yes. timeouts. Uh, so well, you don't have assistant coaches in Alaska because like you don't have. You called the timeout. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. So you, you know, the boys and the girls tournament was both held in the same village. Everybody flew to that village and they would like, it was like a big like carnival, like celebration place. Like they would have like all this, you know, you pick Eskimo food that you could go to for the coaches. And like they would have like um, actually uh, American Ninja Warrior had a like Alaskan who was from the Bering Strait School District. Mm-hmm. He they came and did like some American Ninja Warrior stuff for so cool. they had it was like a carnival like you know between games they'd be doing this cool stuff so the whole district was there and so the girls coach would be my assistant during mm-hmm. the boys games and then I was his assistant during the girls games so we are in the championship game and um like it's it's a close game we end up tying it you know we we get fouled or whatever and you know make the foul shots we tie it and it's now like a couple seconds left they're inbounding the ball and I, you know i call timeout so I'm like okay listen we're gonna face guard we're gonna switch every screen that way like nobody can get open we get a five second call so <clears throat> we uh we do that 
And I said, uh, I said, I gotta go back out. And you know, when we do that, we're running this play to get this because there's only like a minute left. We're running this play. We're getting this open shot. You, my team was like famous for just jacking up a three with like 30 seconds left. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm like, you have a lot of time. Find an open shot. We can win this game. So we do the whole face guard thing. They try to inbound the ball anyway. But as my team is walking back out into the court after the timeout, the place is like it's a small village. So it's like a small court. Everybody in that village, that's the thing to go to. Mm-hmm. So the place is going nuts. Like I felt like I was at the Super Bowl. Like my ears were ringing after the game because it was that loud. So you know, we sent everybody out on the court, and as they're walking back out on the court, my assistant coach said, "Oh, hold on, we need to tell them don't call a timeout. We're out of timeouts." So I'm screaming, yelling, "No, no timeout!" Well, they can't hear me. So the kid who kicked the shoes off earlier, he's you know, oh, no. he's face guard and everything comes up with this clutch interception because they try to throw it in anyway, and he just happens to turn around as they're doing it. He's falling out of bounds, and he calls timeout. Oh, no. So technical foul. They miss the first one. Place goes nuts. They make the second one. They beat us by one. Oh. So, I mean, he felt awful. I had to, like, tell him, like, dude, this wasn't your fault. Like, like, it was a coach. Like, it was my error. I should have known we weren't, you know, out of timeouts. But we still made it to, you know, the we we had to win one game the next day, and we smoked that team. Took second place because we had to win, like, the second place game. So we took second. We went to uh, Anchorage, Alaska for the state basketball team, basketball playoffs. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So how'd you end up back in Pennsylvania? So um, my best friends there was actually the, the girls basketball coach who didn't let me know about the timeout. Uh, he was our assistant principal. I roomed with him the second half of the year. He said he wasn't coming back. And then um, another teacher that we hung out with all the time, she said she wasn't coming back. And it was kind of like a long year because you didn't leave the village. Yeah. Like I left. I got to go home for Christmas. Got to go home. Well, I went to Anchorage for Easter because the, the one friend who was a teacher, she had an aunt and uncle lived in Anchorage. So we went, we went to their house, but that was it. Like you didn't leave the village. So it got to be dry because there was nothing to do. Yeah. We had a post office, a native store, which is like kind of like a Unimart without the gas and uh, just the school. So it was like a lot of like working out. So it was like, you know, my, my friends are leaving. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it next year. So I went home and there was 12 openings at the school district that I wow. like, graduated at. So I'm like, yeah, I'll nice. apply there. Like, I might not get this opportunity again. So that's why I went back. All right. When did you meet your wife? Um, well, geez, 2017 I met her. So this was, I moved back from Alaska in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I met my wife in 2017. We uh, got married in 2019. And we moved We moved pretty fast after that. So um, we started dating in 2017, got married engaged in 2018 at Disney married in 2019 and this was while she was in college we got married she was a student teacher and uh, she was still student teaching you know after we got married and we decided oh we'll do foster care mm-hmm. and I told her like, you, you, know, you don't want to like wait until you finish She's like no 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 we should, we should just do it now so um, th- I, there was that one quote in our uh, Bible devotional we do it says you know God doesn't call the equipped he equips the called mm-hmm. So we were kind of like praying, like, do we do we want to wait or do we want to do it? And then I don't know if it was a pastor or just somebody speaking at church said that quote, and I'm like, oh, that's that's for us, like, because we were saying like, oh, we're not we're not equipped for this yet, right? So we got married in July. Well, we got married in April here in Pennsylvania. Then we had the ceremony in Punta Cana in July because like you got to get married in the states, otherwise you fill out all this extra information. Mm-hmm. So we got married in July. By September, we had our first foster. Uh, our two boys that we fostered. And uh, so we were, what, three months in, in fostering. And then we bought a house. Well, we bought a house right before that. 
but then we bought another house uh, right after adopting. We adopted them in 2021. Wow. And then, uh, yeah. And so we, we moved fast. We just do a yeah, bunch of stuff. Things went quick, man. Yeah. So we were like, what's our five-year goal now like, that we did all that stuff? <laughs> right. So tell everybody their names. So uh, Eli is eight mm-hmm. and Cameron is six. We had them when they were four and two. So I got to miss all those like. And they're natural years. brothers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They are brothers. Yep. They're from like a local area. We got them. They, it was like an emergency thing. They're like, oh, you you know, it's just a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And we were like foster to adopt is what we like signed up for. And they're like, it might not be what you're looking for. And then it ended up being exactly what we were looking for. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And Eli has an F3 name. Yep. He came to a 2.0 beatdown and Iceberg, right? Iceberg, yeah. He was obsessed with Titanic. So he got the name Iceberg. And so Cameron is pumped that we're having another 2.0 beatdown in two weeks. And he's going to yeah. get his name. So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are going to have a lot of names for him because he is wild. <laughs> Dude, so B12, I got to tell you, so B12 came to my house one time. I can't even remember why you came. To pick up a shovel flag or drop one off or something. Something like that. Yeah. That's what it was. It was a shovel flag exchange. <laughs> and like literally, he's like, stay in the car, he tells the kids, <laughs> right? And so, you know, of course, my dogs are running around and we're talking a little bit because, yeah. anyway, like next thing you know, the windows are down, the kids are climbing out of the car, climbing across the hood of the car. <laughs> the kids are just killing it. And I'm just, I'm just laughing because like, you know, I've been there, my kids are now grown and don't do uh-huh. that. Well, generally don't do that kind of stuff, but I'm just chuckling because he's like, get, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, they're kids, just let them go. But uh, they're they're energetic, yeah, for so sure. It, it was, I forget. <laughs> my wife was uh, like, she very rarely does things for herself, like because I always feel bad. I go to F three, like mm-hmm. I tell her, like, oh, well, you're sleeping for the first half of it. So <laughs> yeah, second half you're waking right. up with the boys. You're getting the wake up duty. But, yeah. So like, she was doing something for herself, and like I had to come. I, I think I had to drop off a shovel flag. I, I think that's you what just got back from vacation. I was leaving. For yeah, vacation. I think that's what it was. Yeah, so we were. So I'm like, we're leaving like, tomorrow. I got to get the shovel flag to him. Yeah. So I was like, all right, boys, hop in the car. We're going for a little trip and like i knew <laughs> i wanted to get back but i forget oh maybe i had to pack i don't know i wanted to get back for him like all right listen the doors don't open you guys stay in here well they followed the doors don't open rule they climbed out the windows yep. <laughs> follow your directions to the t dad it was funny it was a good scene yeah, i was i got sweet. a good laugh so out like of maybe it. like bo duke or something <laughs> that might be an f3 name for him yeah, there we go it's a good idea uh, i like that yeah log that one away all right so you're, you're teaching uh you get married you got fostering kids and you adopt these boys i mean that's just awesome that you and your wife would do something like that that's that's a um I, I admire you and your wife for that and guys that do that um f3 you uh you, you joined us and you 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 were engaged from the start and uh i think when porkies was our third fq you started uh putting out our bible devotionals on the bible yeah. app and you're still doing that yep. right yeah so like i didn't know we had like first fq second fq third fq or whatever i just saw the channels mm-hmm and I was like, oh, like, you know, I've been doing these Bible studies by myself. Like, this would be perfect. So I just sent it out. And then I don't know, Porky's, I think, like, said it to me in school. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the third FQ. So can you just keep doing that? I'm like, what do you mean the third FQ? He's like, yeah, you know, like, I'm, I'm in charge of you know, the third F, the, the faith part. I'm like, oh, like, did I step on your toes? He's like, no, 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 you're, you're cool. Like, just keep doing it. Yeah. So then ever since then, I've been doing it. And, like, we do it every single day. Yeah, like, yeah. one ends, I just send the next one out. So yep. for the uh, F3 packs in our region out there, if you want to steal it from me, like <laughs> it's not mine, really. I just have been doing it yep. because I just started doing it. No, you do a great job. Yeah, yep. you do. And I, I'm really great, uh, thankful for it and yeah. grateful that you're doing that. And so you're, you're free to leave, man. You just stepped up and did it. Yeah, and that was before I read any of the books. So like now I'd be like, yeah, dude, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm free to leave. <laughs> That's to. right. You're free Stop to leave. Stop me. Just do it. <laughs> and so now we've got to mold it into our first F. 
Yeah, well, he started off as as expansion cube. Well, yeah, right. So I, I failed miserably at, at getting a f- expansion cube because initially I, Gandalf was chosen. He was expansion cube, and then Gandalf got called to active duty. He's uh, over in the Middle East still, so I had to get a new guy. So I I, I said, well, Beachball would be great for this. So Beachball agreed to be expansion cube, and I don't know, you were there for a few months, and then dial- I decided to step down as Nantan. Dial up was first FQ. He's going to become Nantan. So then we need a new first FQ, and guess who he tabs? The beach. The beachy, yeah. Mr. Beachball. <laughs> so now you're a first FQ. Yeah, I was glad about that because, like, expansion queue, we expanded nothing. <laughs> you, you did really good. Like, I'm really like, competitive. I'm like, I'm failing at this. Yeah, you did, you Wait, did, hold on. There's a You did really good encouraging guys with their EHing, not, not, maybe not expanding us from, uh, like, adding AOs and adding, you know, um, you know, different you know, different AOs or different beatdowns that are existing AOs or anything like that during the week. But you you really encourage the the EHing of just getting more guys coming to the workouts. And so I, you, you, you did a good role. Yeah, we had quite a few FNGs, but like I felt like I can't take credit for that because like another dude yeah. got him there. It's all right. I just said, hey, get but an you, FNG. You, you were the it. encourager, right? You were inspiring. I extorted. Uh, <laughs> you extorted, right? <laughs> right. Inside joke from the beatdown yesterday. Yeah, our thirty. But, but for those of you but, who don't know, the E in vape for leadership skills is extortion. Right. In, extortion. in beach balls, uh, yeah. mine. <laughs> my brain said exhortation, but my mouth said extortion because he just did forty-five burpees. Yeah, we were kind of like, well, that might work too. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But right actually, when I came out, I'm like that didn't sound right. That, that thirty for thirty, it's. It, but he did do what we talked about. That was uh, uh, getting people to, to show individual initiative, yeah, right? Exactly. Too. Yep. Yeah. He inspired. That's what you're oh, there. We go. About. Yeah. You asked that question. I'm like, I can't think of a time I've done that. There we go. Yeah, there's my answer. It's late, but there's my two answer. days later. One yeah. day later. So now, yeah. So now I've moved you over to first F because I needed someone to take my spot there. So what do you what are you thinking about? I know we've talked about some things, but share like what are your what are some of your ideas that we can do uh, or you can do in your role as uh, as our first F? Yeah, this one like I'm pumped about because this is like this is where I yeah I can see yeah I can this see is like this my is passion like, here. It's like, a passion, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why fitness I think competition. It's a great fit for you. Yeah. So the big thing that I want to do is I want to start doing, and I know you guys tried it before. But um, I want to start doing like a fitness test. So I kind of just jacked the Army's fitness test. And like we don't have a pull-up bar. So like, you know, I'm not going to like, oh, we'll wait till Monday when we can go use the rafters. Like I just, I'm just going to, you know, add some things, subtract some things. But I actually have Big Mac. He's going to make us sleds so we can do the sprint drag carry. We're going to do team Merkins, sit-ups. Um, I think I'm having us do like uh, curl presses since we don't have the pull-up bar. But that'll take that part. And then I was like, Oh, you know, we we won't have time for the two mile. Maybe I'll do the one mile. Then you suggested the Cooper test, the yeah. twelve minute Cooper test, and that's perfect. Because yep. then, like, we all start at the same time, end at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna start doing that. My goal is to do it maybe quarterly. Um, I didn't really like sit down and sp- you know pick specific dates, but we're gonna do that in August. And I want to kind of challenge everybody to track your growth. I'm gonna print out like little moleskins for them to write their numbers down, and then mm-hmm. try to help them figure out how to put it into a spreadsheet. Yeah. So. I, I'm huge on data, so like I want to kind of get our packs to keep their data and like, are you actually getting better? Are you pushing yourself hard enough? Because I mean, if you're coming to everything, you better be getting better because yeah. otherwise you're just here hanging out and right. getting fellowship right. when you're supposed to be getting fitness at that yeah. point. Yeah, nice. Coming soon to a statistics channel near you, right? Yeah, Slack. yeah. yeah. it's going to be a spreadsheet and everything, a yeah. Google sheet. And oh everything. my lord, it's yeah, be fancy, yeah. fancy. G-strings fancy. Just like the Iron Packs Challenge. They're going to fill out their, their Google Sheets, and hopefully yeah. I set it up correctly the first time. Hopefully. That's a great idea. I don't know. I'm Maybe somebody else. See, I'm not you know any other. As Nantani Meredith, see, there's things happening behind the scenes I haven't been telling you. No, you, you've been I want doing you to be stuff. surprised. That's great. Yeah. That's, I'm, I, I'm good with that. That's a really good idea. So I, would, I wonder if anybody else is doing that. 
Yeah, I don't know. So yeah. anybody listening to this podcast, if you have a spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> with the Google form set up, let me know. Cause uh, well, I'm, I'm guaranteed I'm there's it. guys that there's packs or regions out there with a lot of spreadsheets. The guys are into that. But, uh, but the actual like repeat the fitness test four times oh, yeah, a year and yeah. see how you're doing it, you know, and keep track of your, your yeah. statistics and stuff like that. Because there's some uh, um, scientific principle that uh, when you when you measure something, oh, it gets yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's really well, actually, idea. I for like I, I'm not doing it this year because I started off the year with a broken foot. I was like, what? Well, I don't want to start off with bad data. <laughs> so <laughs> well, you can show great improvement. I, I got to get back in shape a little bit first. Yeah. So uh, the year before, I did. Um, I just tracked every day that I worked out. So like, I had a spreadsheet and I just it was basically set up a calendar. And mm-hmm. if I didn't work out, I highlighted it in red. And I did not like seeing red streaks going through my thing. So. Um, I remember Gandalf's like, dude, you're crazy. You need to have a rest day. I'm like, no, no rest days. Cause like, look at the streak. I have 37 days in a row with like <laughs> no rest days. So that's probably how I broke my foot. But, probably. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So like I definitely didn't work out every single day, but I measured it and then I became competitive with myself and did that. Yeah. And then now I measure like every, I have like a spreadsheet for like all the lifting workouts I do. So, right. and I, I saw like, for example, Big Mac, like, uh, I think he even texted you one time about the growth that he was seeing. Yeah. But like I see it in him. I, yeah. I even said to Aquaman, we were on like our pre-run. I said, you oh, know, he's, yeah. I was like, you know, uh, Big Mac used to joke when we like, hey, Big Mac, what's the next exercise? Oh, you know, big boy sit-ups. How many? Uh, two. Mm-hmm. I was like, he doesn't joke about that anymore because he can now do more than yeah, two. Like, right. He yeah. was trying to like, you know, make a joke, make fun of himself. But like those aren't there anymore. I can tell you that's that's the kind of guy that's just the most inspiring to me. Yeah. Love it. Right. Come on, Big Mac. So bring like, in it, brother. Part yep. of me is just like nosy. <laughs> I want to see how many push-ups you can do now and how many sit-ups you can do. Yeah. And then like, okay, next quarter. Now how many are you going to do? Yeah. So like, right. and I just hope other guys, you know, follow suit. Yeah, I, 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 I want to know. And I, I'm going to like, we'll put it on that Slack channel. And if you don't want other guys seeing it, then just keep it to yourself. Right. But I think you should still do it anyway. But I kind of want to see like how everybody else is growing. It's good to be. It's like, oh, he's growing more than me. Hold on a second. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how guys are. Most guys should respond to it positively. But uh, I experienced coaching soccer, doing something like that, and putting it out for publicly, or even just the whole, not publicly, but the whole team to see. And we were measuring. It was a competitive matrix that we created. stole from Anson Dorrance. Of of girls. Of girls. Yeah, (laughs) high school girls. That was, it it worked and it didn't work. Yeah. Like everybody's different. Yeah. So, yeah so but anyway we're guys we should be able to do it yeah, yeah. i mean i even feel like coaching guys you you know some of them respond certain ways like yeah. we were bear crawling the one time up geisinger or down geisinger hill and all of a sudden gandalf gets in my face starts screaming, let's go boo keep going oh, boo. i remember I was that like, what is he doing but like i like this <laughs> i was like i'm gonna stop at the stop sign and he starts screaming in my face I'm like i'm gonna keep on going yeah. mm-hmm. and the funny thing was is earlier in the workout when i told the guys what we were gonna do right bear crawling gandalf's like we're gonna do this in front of the people that could potentially be driving and, and he's like screaming and i'm like dude yeah we're gonna do this in front of people He's like, okay. And then by the end of it, yeah, he's like at the hill, like yelling at beach ball. Screaming in my face. Like, <laughs> yeah. I could don't feel his quit. Breath. Don't yeah. quit. It was uh, like the scene out of the face of the Giants. Yeah, he's like screaming at me. And I was like, dude, that motivates. He's like, was that okay? I'm like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there's other people who'd be like, they would just stop. Like, dude, I don't want you yelling anymore. Just stop. Right. And they would stop. Yeah. And there are guys like that. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we got to. Security be sensitive, sort of rolling out of Geisinger. Be aware of going that. on. Yeah. yeah. I like it. All right. Yeah. And um, so, first FQ, we also had the first FQ in charge of CSOPs. Um, and I don't know what you've, what you've told them, but, uh, we could, you, you could always, that. you could always put a team together. You made yeah. somebody else in charge of CSOPs, but. So yeah, that was another thing I was kind of free to lead. I just kind of told everybody what I was doing. So like 
I did that first CSOP, that uh, dial-up. I think yeah, you might have done it alone. Like you, you organized the one up behind Geisinger. Like I know you led it. Yeah, I think I own. did most of that one. But yeah, I think I did that one on my own. I think yeah, I coordinated that one. So like we were hiking up through the dark and throwing like, rocks at garbage cans. Yeah, and, and like I actually I didn't carrying know, dudes. Never heard of rucking before that, and like I started asking around, and other than the, you know the military, like I knew they had rucksacks, but I didn't know it was a thing people do. Yeah, right. So I actually texted one of my military guys that I know. Actually, Zamboni. Now he came out to our last CSOP. So hey, it's rucking, but he let me borrow his ruck, and like dude, that was awesome. So, like, I don't remember. I might have texted you, DFib. I don't know. I was like, hey, I want to help lead the next CSOP. And he's like, oh, well, you talked to Dial-Up. So then we started. I've been doing every single one yeah, since. Because you and G-Ray uh, did the next one, right? Because yep. so I then, missed yep, that one. Yep. And then you and I just did the last one. And I thought, like, okay, like, I almost feel like I'm, like, you know, the CSOP sucker. Like, I suck all the CSOPs from everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want other people to try it. Like, Well, we had we had a, a initial goal of two a year. Are we doing, we're going for three or four now? What are we doing? Yeah, I think two. I think two years good. Yeah, yeah. Well, just a lot. I of have stuff I have going. one in mind for the fall. If 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 you guys would let me do it. Well, yeah, actually. So that's yeah. My next idea is like I want to challenge. Like you need to step up, and then you just like we expect you to queue a beat down. We expect you to queue a seesaw because that's yeah, a lot. Yeah. Like a lot of planning goes into it. Right. Like, I I did that one game that we played on a Saturday beat down, uh-huh. and it was really complicated, and I had to explain it and everything. And wait, t- time out. Wait. <laughs> Wait, beach, wait, beach ball had a complicated, complicated beat, down? beat down. Yeah. What? I always have to have some crazy competition that I have to uh-huh. explain all the rules. And so I know some guys are like, dude, this is like dude, beach a ball. Lot okay, of so details. Just, yeah, just everybody knows beach ball is the guy that everyone's looking glassy eyed after he explains the beat down most <laughs> right. weeks when he cues. Yeah, and even though it's some like, guys huh? say, okay, and, and we'll it's a great idea, like, and it's always a great beat a, down once we get going. But at first, it's like, dude, yeah, and like, there's always could, a couple guys who still don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it's like you could have explained it a lot easier. But anyway, yeah. so Thin Crust, <laughs> after my last one, Thin Crust, like, I think everybody should have to do a beat down like that. I'm like, well, I don't know if you want to intentionally like make it confusing and complicated. I was like, but a CSOP is exactly that. Like, you got to take a lot of time to plan it. Yeah. I think the planning it and trying to articulate. Well, it depends, right? Because um, so we should we maybe we should call them something else because uh, the CSOP initially was guys going to do a, a half marathon together or an obstacle course race, whatever, something like that. And in Q source, he describes it. I forget which Q point it is, Unity or something like that. But um, it's designed for guys to go do something hard that brings guys together. And the guys grow closer, even closer together because they're going doing something that's a little bit longer. They have to drive to it, maybe that kind of stuff. With COVID, we started developing our homegrown CSOPs, and we still call them that. So, which is fine. I don't care. But the one I have in mind is not going to be a, a play games, have fun, be competitive. Ooh, it's going to be a kick your butt. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think we do need to get mm, back to some of that. Yeah, because like we had that one that. G Ray and I did that. It was so fun, like smashing eggs, the egg roulette. Yeah, you know, some of them were hard boiled, some of them weren't. Right, I've got <laughs> but that's I- not I- like I- difficult. I've got an idea. Yeah, can we talk about it here? Sure. So, and maybe, maybe, maybe tell us after your nation. I don't know how many people are going to tune out now. Are there other are there other regions? Are there <laughs> other, other regions doing this? I think. Oh, once the Iron Packs challenge is over, mm-hmm. the CSOP is to do all five beat downs. So week zero, one, two, three, and four. All back to back. On the same day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> on the same day. <laughs> so back to back. Well, so back see. Back all five, yeah. back to back to back. Yeah. One of the problems is guys have enough time to do uh, something really long. He's making excuses time. already. <laughs> no, no, well, no, I, I, I got this thing. Yeah. But no, I thought about it. I thought, yeah. not that specifically, but I thought about the timing of it, you know, because uh, the, the shorter it is, the more guys are going to be able to it do it. Be, yeah, it'd be five hours. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. You would have to skip breakfast that morning. Well, you could do that sometime if you want. I got a different one. See, I thought you were okay. going to say like an Iron Packs Challenge version. So not like a one hour, like a three hour Iron Packs Challenge. Like, yeah. I thought you were going to challenge them. Like, hey, come on, guys. Yeah. Make up a CSOP for us. Let's come up with something. Yeah, it's craziness. Craziness, baby. Uh, like a CSOP that the entire nation has to attempt. So for, for, we keep saying CSOP. Anybody doesn't know F3. CSOP means, stands for completely stupid and utterly pointless, which is the opposite of what it is. It does have a point. The point is to bring bring guys together to do something hard. So um, very good, man. What else is going on? Anything else I don't know so about? Should we tell them about the... Oh, you belt. already told me. You mentioned that. Did me. I mention the belt? Yeah, I the belt. I guess the nation doesn't know about the belt yet. I guess there's other nations. No. Well, actually, it. French Toast had talked about the belt. Yeah. And, and we, you and I had been talking about the belt previously. Yeah. We weren't sure like how we were going to structure it. But I think French Toast kind of gave a great concept and idea of like how they're going to hand off the, the belt uh, with doing the... Whoever's the holder of the belt gets to name the next challenge. Because we were kicking around ideas like... Who would post the most? It was right. going to be that kind like of stuff. The most in a month. Or, yeah, and yeah. it could be, it, it was like, mm, how, you know, how do we make this? It's not going to be like the same one or two guys potentially dominating all the time. Maybe just by chance because they have a better work schedule, work schedule yeah. that lets them get the beatdowns more often. So I, I, we like the French toast concept of, you know, Well, like, you're going to still end up with the, uh, a handful that keep winning because some guys are just in better shape than everybody else. So. And some people <clears> are more competitive than others. True. Yeah, but I mean, you could, you know, the one challenge would be like, hey, who's going to post every single day? Yeah. And like the last guy standing, like just who has the longest streak. Yeah. You know? I like the last that guy one. standing gets the belt. Let's go. All right. Because then that one, it could just be like, hey, I showed up. Yeah. I might not have been the first one crossing the finish line every time, but I showed up. Yep. All right. Well, um, that's good stuff, man. First FQ. Get on it. Free to lead. Yeah. More to follow. Maybe this uh, whole idea. Ideas. Of, I wonder. You know, I'm sure there's people doing it, but it'd be really interesting to know who's doing it out there. Maybe the guys in the stuff we're trying podcasts would be. Uh, interested in that uh, doing the, the fitness test and repeat it that kind of thing I'm sure yeah. I, I gotta believe it's been been done by other guys out there but I don't know that for sure yeah and I'm sure because like I mean the army fitness test is like a lot of people not in the army yeah. I'm sure have done that right and there's two different ones so there's the original APFT which is just push-up sit-ups and two-mile run you're talking about I think it's the army combat fitness test that they do other things now right? yeah it's yeah. like the most recent one now some of them we like we don't have the facility to do or right the time because I mean it's yeah gonna take a while but yeah. I'm just gonna give my f3 version of it right very cool so I guess one thing I admire about you beach ball is uh, your faith and uh, you know we already talked about how you just like spearhead our Bible study that we have on our slack channel and how that just keeps you just keep renewing that every uh, every week to two weeks, you got a new one out there for us to go through. Um, but uh, share a little bit about the the marriage ministry that you're involved in, because we've, we've talked about that mm-hmm. a lot on our on our pre-runs on Saturday mornings. Yeah, so my wife and I, uh, shortly after we started dating, we met at a different church, actually, and then we left that church for certain reasons, and we, we went to a, a different church that I had gone to in college. It's kind of, I don't know if we would call it a mega church, but it's huge. I mean, we have two services, and I think we have over a 1,000 um, people that attend that church. So make a church for rural yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah, exactly. For our area, it's a huge <laughs> right. church. But um, so we were sitting in, you know, church one time and we would always say like, oh, this is like awesome. I love the services and everything. But like, there's so many people. We don't really know people. Yeah. So they do this thing like, oh, if you want a big church to feel small, you got to get involved. And there's this thing they're like, oh, you know, there's this seriously dating or engaged class that you can take. And we're like, oh, well, we're seriously dating or engaged. So we'll sign up for that one. So we went and signed up for it. And we get this email like, okay, show up to this classroom at this time. And 
I'm thinking like, oh, there's probably not much commitment to this. I can show up this week. I go on vacation that week. So we go and sit down and they like literally like explain a contract to us. You got 11 weeks. You're coming to this. You know, you're, you know, you're investing in your significant other or whatever. Like there's, I think it hadn't started then, but now we do like, if you're getting married by one of our pastors, you have to complete this mm-hmm. uh, 11 week course. So they're basically saying like, you're expected to be here 11 weeks. So if you're not going to be here 11 weeks, like this is probably the time to let us know. Something like, oh, should I let them know? And I look over at my, my M, which she wasn't my M yet. And she looked like she was in it. I'm like, okay, I guess, I, I guess I'm in. Yeah. So uh, we went through that class and a lot of cool stuff that we learned there about like, you know, this is what the world says. This is what the Bible says. And that's part of the reason we got married in April because we were cohabitating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, you know, we have to get married in the United States anyway. Like who's going to care that we get married now in April when we're getting married in July, everybody's, you know, everybody's going to Punta Cana. They're going to be pretty happy when they're in Punta Cana, you know, on yeah. a vacation. I don't think they're going to care. So we did that. You know, there's, you know, two reasons. One, we had to get married in the United States anyway. And the other one was like, we need to stop living in sin. So, um, yeah. So we went through that class and then afterward they had kind of pulled us aside and they're like, Hey, like, you guys had a lot of strong leadership skills. You really, you know, were involved in the conversations. Like, would you want to join our team? And I remember we were kayaking and I remember I was like, yeah, but you know, we cohabitated. Like, oh yeah, we knew you cohabitated. Like we can always pick the cohabitation. I was like, like, okay. So like, you know, I was divorced. Like, yep, yep. You put that on your questionnaire. I was like, so I'm allowed to lead this? And they're like, yeah. Cause like, you know, you're, you're forgiven. Like you can do that. So, uh, yeah, we, we became part of the teaching team right after we got married. That was another thing right after we got married, Mm -hmm. you know, foster care kids, buy a new house, start a teaching, well, join a teaching team. So, yeah, we have two classes that we run. So one is the Seriously Dating or Engaged, and we taught that for like three semesters, I think. And then the other one is called Mr. and Mrs. So that's for people who are already married. And uh, it kind of runs through the same things, but, you know, obviously cohabitating isn't one of the things in the list now because you're married. and you're. Right. But it's like, you know, how to, you know, have a bank account together and how yeah. to, you know, you know, get through conflict and stuff like that. So parenting and things like that of, the, of that nature. The biggest one that I think is, I mean, they're all extremely helpful, but um, knowing each other is the one week we do. And that's where you, you learn like, oh, what was it like when you were growing up? What did your parents show you? And, you know, because like people grow up differently and mm-hmm. you kind of have this picture perfect idea of what your wife or husband's going to look like. And it's very rare that they... Grew up the way. exact same situation with the exact same lifestyle as you. And, you know, maybe their parents fought this way. So that's what, why they argue and, you know, that way. So that's like one of the most beneficial classes, I think. But they're all, all 11 weeks are pretty beneficial. So we've been doing that since 2019 when we got married. Cool. Mm-hmm. What, um, it's a great need and it's a great need in the church. It's a great need for couples. So absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I think doing the biggest one is a seriously dating or engaged. So we, <clears throat> we went to, uh, uh, the cove down in North Carolina, Billy Graham's Cove. And we saw Chip Ingram. And he was like, you know, there's a lot of churches that come here with the marriage ministry, but you're like the first ones that I heard of that have like a whole curriculum for people who aren't married yet. He's like, and that's smart. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're avoiding all those issues. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm curious then too, do you, um, so, you know, in most congregations, you know, one of the pastoral staff will do the premarital counseling. So, so do you take that burden off of the, the pastors then, or do all the couples that are getting married through your church still do individual or couples counseling with the pastors as well? So 
I don't know that side as much. I know we <clears throat> we do have a pastor that's like the leader of our marriage ministry team. Now he's not like the leader of the classes we run, but he like oversees the whole idea of it. And they definitely meet with the pastor still. I don't know like how in depth they get because it's like a lot of stuff that they would talk about we cover in class. Right, they already know that. So I know it's, they definitely made it like a you know you have to go through this class because it's that beneficial. But they still meet with them, and I'm sure they like hey let's take a look at your notes or whatever. But yeah, that's a good question. I should ask them. That. Yeah, just curious. Um, cool man. I what? So how has F three affected your faith? Um, <clears throat> I think F three has affected me like in a lot of ways more than just faith, but definitely like um the accountability like you know i can share these bible studies and i can make these comments on the bible studies but then if i'm with my brothers in the gloom and i'm you know dropping the f-bomb or mm-hmm. you know talking about women you know when i'm married like well even when i'm not married just talking about women in general you know objectifying them am i really like i, I didn't live that way before starting f3 <coughs> excuse me but um you know when i was way younger i'm sure i made a lot of those mistakes but so yeah, the, the accountability, like, you know, I'm, I'm always being watched by my brothers. And so that's definitely helped my faith that way. They're more accountable. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, what other, what do we need to cover? What else we need to cover? We covered everything, man. Yeah. Like everything that was on my list. Yeah, I yeah. talked a lot. That I had. Yeah. That's all right. He's a fast talker too. So we covered a lot of ground. Yeah. In, uh, in a good period of time. Motored along there. So last two questions then. Oh yeah. Yeah. You gonna change them up? Nah. Yeah, because you know he's prepped. Pull yeah. the notes out of your pocket. <laughs> I have them up here, so okay. I hope I don't screw them up. All right. I don't always articulate my ideas the best, as you guys know. Articulation. Yeah. So um, don't worry. We want to extort you into, into <laughs> it. Um, so the first question, if you had to pick somebody, past or present, that would be your idol's hero, who would it be? All right, so this one I am prepared. All right. I have two. So one is... Um, uh, hopefully your shin recovers after that. Oh, your shin. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one is my uncle, the one I said stepped yeah. up as a father figure. So he <clears throat> he had two kids of his own. Now he has four, but when I was little, he had two kids of his own. So he didn't really have to do that. He didn't have to be like a dad for me. He could have just said like, hey, not my kid, not my problem. Right. So, I mean, he would take us everywhere together. I was like, I rode in the back of his truck all over the place. Like I was always with him. My brother was too, but I really bonded with him. So he's definitely one I look up to. He's one that kind of taught me, like, as a dad, you can still give hugs and kisses. Mm-hmm. You can, like, he would say he's sorry when he screwed up. So, like, he was definitely, like, harsh and rough at times, like, tough love. I mean, he's he's a former Marine. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if I get hurt, like, get up, you're fine. Or, you know, if I was, like, you're not doing it right, do it again. Like, that sort of thing. Like, he gave me tough love that way and definitely expected, like, high expectations. But at the same time, he would hug me, you know, at a family event and give me a kiss in the cheek and stuff. So, like... I definitely knew I was loved by him, so he's definitely one that showed me a lot. Like, and he loves his wife. He's really good to his kids as well. Obviously, he was good to me, my brother, and my sister. So he's definitely one. The other one is still local, but is like a national hero. Um, you haven't had this one yet, Theodore Dutch Van Kirk. I'm not sure if you, either of you know who he is. You're a history guy, so you probably do. No, I no. Don't know. Okay, so he was the navigator in the Anuka yeah. Gay. Yeah. Oh, I heard yeah. about that. I knew this. Yeah, yeah I knew. Yeah. I knew you were talking about. So he dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima, mm-hmm. and uh, he was from Northumberland, Pennsylvania. So he, the cool thing is, I, I teach a local history class, and I always say like, "Hey, the school you're at right now was his football field." And the field that you play on was his school because they just tore that down and built ours. Right. So, um, yeah, he, I mean, he's just like this kid from Northumberland, you know, played in the river and, you know, hung out in the, you know, 1920s, 30s and 40s as a kid and just worked hard, 
became, you know, he's a hard worker. Got his, he wanted to be a pilot originally. He became a navigator instead after he failed out of pilot school and uh, ended up being one of the three main guys. So he was the navigator. He was, you know, friends with Farabee and, um, uh, oh, geez, I can't think of the other guy's name. I don't know. But anyway, so, um, yeah, he was friends with them and the, the lead guy picked him to be the navigator. So, like, I won't do it unless he's my navigator. And afterwards, so you get all this backlash. Like, would you drop it again? He's like, yes. Every single time, yes, I would drop it again. I know a lot of people died, but a lot of people were dying in the war. Right. Like, a lot of bad stuff was happening. So he, like, stood his ground. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. care what, you know, the media would try to swing and catch him in a, oh, you would drop the atomic bomb again? They like, said, yeah, I would, because a lot of good things happened. A lot of bad things were stopped. Yeah. And maybe maybe I'm not remembering this correctly but do you do you do something with your students with like having do you have like recordings or something like that of some of these guys like sharing history lessons or kind of stories from from their war times and things like yeah, that to so kind, like, of, kind of capture and have it for storage for all time it started it actually started as like this is a kind of embarrassing so my first year back in Pennsylvania um it was you know November 11th I was like oh you know veterans Day. I'm like wait a minute why did I not plan anything for this? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to kind of clear 20 minutes of my schedule real quick. We're going to write letters to veterans. So I had my students, you know, I just, I, there was a newspaper article about veterans and I was like, yeah, we're going to write to that one, that one, and that one. And uh, Sidney Applebaum, he was actually a part of Pop, uh, um, Operation Paperclip, bringing the German yeah, yeah. scientists here. So he, because he spoke German, Pennsylvania Dutch, his job was to get him on the train and get him to where they need to be and, you know, treat their family well. So he was a local guy and he was the only veteran that wrote back that year. So I started doing it and like my stepdad is, you know, a teacher in the same buildings. You know, I thought it was really, you know, like nice of you to do that. I was like, yeah, that was actually planned like that morning. <laughs> <laughs> but like when he said that, I'm like, dude, I sh- that's right. I should keep doing that because I like, guess the right thing to do. So I've done it every year and I always write. So like I now created like a list of veterans that have written back. Like here's guys that will most likely write back. And then I would reach out to other guys that I knew were in the you know military previously or currently active duty. And I just got a list and we write every year, but I also write anybody a kid writes to, I also write to. Nice. So I have a whole binder of all these veterans who have written back to me. So maybe that's what you're thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's what yeah. it was. Yep. It was the letters. Okay. Yep. I knew we had talked about something along those lines. So thanks yeah. for clarifying. So hey, yeah, if that's you're, awesome. If that's you're, awesome to do. If you're a veteran out there, Pax, drop me your, your information. DM me because yeah. I will have my students write to you. I'd like yeah. to hear your story. That's very cool. Yeah. That's gstring at <laughs> <laughs> gmail.com. It'd be gstring. Beach ball. It's, it's not AOL.com like I had to send my bio to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It still works. We had another pack that so just... Uh, yeah, he said, uh, he's glad to meet a fellow <laughs> AOL so, so user. He told me, I'm like, oh my goodness, we got a second guy that's an AOL address. <laughs> All right. All right, last question. Is your chance to speak to the men of America? What's your message for the men of America? Yeah, this one I'm not as prepared for because I had a lot of things. Like, I only got to have so much time. So, um, one, like, do hard things. Like, don't always take the easy route. Um, and, like, I'm reading a book right now, so sometimes a hard thing isn't, like, obvious. Sometimes you think, like, oh, this is a hard thing. It's actually, like, a, not the moral thing to do, even though it's wrong. So, like, the hard thing is actually to step up and say, hey, this isn't right. We shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't always mean, like, oh, this is going to be the most challenging because it might be challenging to challenge somebody that's you know in a leadership position ahead of you like right. you could get reprimanded for that so just yeah. do hard things um as the first fq especially physical physically hard things so yeah do hard things and you'll see growth and uh the other thing is like don't back down like if you have your beliefs and somebody's challenging them hear them out but 
if you know if it's not in the Bible, it's wrong. So if if you're quoting the scripture and somebody's trying to twist your opinion to match theirs, that's not scripturally based. Don't back down. Don't back down. You got it. I like it. Tom Petty said something. Tom Petty said something like that. Yeah. That's right. Back down. How long? Should we, no, should no, we no, go no. out with that Let's song? Let's not sing. No. <laughs> Spielberg, Q, Tom Petty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Dial-Up, I think we just spoke to another high-impact man. He's right here in our own backyard. That's right. Glad to glad to have you in the packs, dude. It's truly yeah. been a blessing. You know, I had no idea who you were when you came the first time, and I think we've developed a great friendship. You know, over mm-hmm. over the past two years, almost two years that you've been coming, and I consider it a true blessing to have you amongst our packs, brother. So, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. And yeah. one one thing we didn't mention is you and I share a love of reading books, and we share the uh, in, uh, interest in pretty much the same books. Yeah, if, if I didn't talk so much, I thought we would probably get into that because, like, yeah. that's what you've challenged me to. Like, I, I mean, I was not a reader growing up; I was a sports guy. And then you gave me one of the Jack Carr books. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then I started reading like leadership books and, you know, Dred's book and everything. And right. So, yeah, like that's the one thing like both of you have been influential. Like, you know, all the pre-runs, you know, the conversations we have. I actually tell my wife, like, you know, I have some really close friends and the dial up is the guy that I always like, you know, turn to and text when I have issues and stuff and like <laughs> ask him questions or when we're on runs. And then, you know, DFib, if I have a cool book, hey, did you read this yet? Or, you know, he's always giving me books. I'm trying to return the favor, but he reads a lot faster than me. <laughs> so he gives me like 10 books. I give him two. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, value, I value your friendship, brother. Yeah, yeah we definitely yeah. do. Love, yeah, love I'm not involved in the pre run talks because I'm way in the back. <laughs> we <laughs> We 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 discuss when we should turn around to come back to get you. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a little we'll slap on the butt. <laughs> no, let's wait a little bit. Give you a double butt smacker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys were just jealous of the Ranger panties. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks, and tell your wife thank you for sharing you tonight. That's right. Yeah. All, All right. right. Love you, brother. Take care. See you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.